Turn with me, if you will, to our text for the day, Galatians 5, 22 through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. Amen. Are you in is our theme today and actually our theme through the whole program year this year. Are you in? And by that, again, like I told the young people, I don't mean are you in style. I can tell you're not. <laughs> I, I don't mean are you, are you in by that you're, are you, are you indoctrinated into a particular box you know, are you, are you an insider versus an outsider? You know, do you have the secret handshake? Do you know the, all the secret lingo and all the different rules? No, that isn't what I'm talking about either. I don't mean are you part of the in crowd? Are you popular? Are you cool? Are you good looking and lovely? No, I don't care about that. That's not what I'm asking. And I don't, what I'm really asking about is, as Paul puts it, are you in step with the Holy Spirit? In other words, do you have a faith life that works? Is your faith doing what it is supposed to do? Is your faith working for you? Now, I know that sounds a little weird to be saying, does your faith work? But I can tell you right now, there's a lot of people whose faith really doesn't work very well. And those are the folks, you know, a lot of folks who never find their way here is because their faith really doesn't do much. There's many have faith and they profess a faith, but it really doesn't accomplish what it's supposed to do. Jesus said that faith the size of a mustard seed, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to that mountain, move from there over to there, and it would move. That's faith that works. It moves mountains. We often find ourselves at some point having the faith of our childhood tested, and some of the things we thought made sense no longer adds up, usually around your teen years. Remember that? Or college, college when all your professors are making you question everything. All of a sudden you find yourself in faith crisis. All those Sunday school answers don't seem to quite work the same way. And there's two reactions to this. In this faith crisis, either a new mature faith that works develops or our faith falls apart and we walk away maybe not to come back at all maybe to come back later usually when you start having kids i notice that usually when y'all start having kids that's when you find your way back to church after uh, after all those years start worrying about your own little kid <laughs> and i suppose the thing that i worry about most is apathetic faith that is, uh, a faith that is really not that important. That just doesn't make that big of a difference in our lives. Sure, we claim it, and sure, maybe we go to church sometimes. Maybe we go to church all the times. But really, we tend to lean on other things for our support and our decision-making. 
and our strength. We look everywhere else but our faith. And maybe we feel close to God on Christmas or Easter, but pretty much the rest of the time, God stays towards the back of our lives, favoring other things to take front and center. That's an apathetic faith. And it just doesn't especially impact us when we put it toward the back, out of the way where it's not going to bother us. Because faith that works gets all up in your business. Faith that works causes you trouble. Faith that works pushes you and challenges you and causes you to be uncomfortable at times. Faith that works takes hard work. And it concerns me when we have apathetic faith uh, and it, because it's so much more than that. Faith can be so much more than what we are asking of it when really it's, it's just a something we do on Sunday. Jesus in John's Gospel tells the disciples, very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. In fact will do greater works than these. So again, faith that works can move mountains and gives us the ability to do more than Jesus. More than Jesus. That's huge. That's huge. How many sitting here feel like they can do more than Jesus today? Who's going to do more than Jesus for us today? Look at no hands. Look at no hands. Your faith's not working. Because it says here, we'll do more than Jesus. So I think the writers of the Gospels are trying to tell us that our faith is a huge and powerful thing when we let it be. It's a huge and powerful thing. And we sometimes just don't tap into it in spite of all the ways God cries out. And says, lean on me when you're not strong. I won't sing, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, about, I almost went there, but that's all right. I'm gonna, we'll never get done. Lean on me when you're not strong. Paul tells us today that when we are in step with the Holy Spirit, the byproduct of that, faith that works, the byproduct of that will be love, joy, peace. Who could use a little peace today? Who could use a little peace, a little love, patience? My Lord, I could, I could use some patience. I'm needing some patience right now, as a matter of fact. Kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, gentleness. Oh, Lord, wouldn't we love some gentleness to come raining down on us today? A little gentleness. You don't, that, you don't, we don't value that in our culture, do we? Gentleness. And as someone who's loud and obnoxious, gentleness is a foreign experience for me as well, i got to say. And self-control. Maybe if I had more self-control, a little more gentleness would happen. But these are the byproducts. These are the things that come out of having a faith that works. A faith that that does what it's supposed to do. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and generosity I left out there. 
all of these things come out of our being in step with the Holy Spirit. Moving mountains comes out of being in step with the Holy Spirit. And if you don't think Jesus expects us, Jesus' followers, to move mountains in this world, then you're in the wrong Christianity. You're in the wrong faith. You're in the wrong religion. Jesus is all about moving mountains and been waiting 2,000 years for you and me to get up the gumption and the faith to make it happen. This world, if you're worried about this world, we need a faith that moves mountains to make it better. Amen? I'm worried about this world. I'm worried about the world my children will grow up in. I'm worried about people who are hurt and victimized and oppressed and marginalized and left out and unloved and unhopeful. We need to bring them in. Amen? They need to be brought into the kingdom of God. And by that, I don't mean proselytizing. I don't mean knocking on the door and handing them tracts with our name tags and telling them we're from the First Baptist Church. I mean bringing them into the love of God, into the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, into God's grace, into Christ, who can put their feet on a solid rock. Amen? And being the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. Bringing people in. So how do we develop this? What is, how do we get there? It's all good and well to palaver about it, Pastor Curtis, but what does that mean? What do we do to strengthen this faith and get a faith that works? I think one of the things we do is we empty ourselves before God and then we allow God to fill us up. I used to have a friend that would come to church and he would always say, I've come, you know, he was, he was a rough guy, had a in and out of jail, having all kinds of problems. But he would come to church and I'd, I'd say good morning and he would always say, I mean, I'm, I've come to get my cup filled. I've come to get my cup filled. It was clear that he was empty <laughs> already and he had come to get his cup filled. I'm telling you that when you come to worship, it's an opportunity to empty yourself before God and be filled anew to overflowing. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. There's another song. That spills out all over the place. Filled to overflowing that we might touch other people. We do that when we worship. We foster a deep and meaningful relationship with God. Relationships don't just happen. Anyone who's married knows that. Relationships don't just go on automatic pilot and take care of themselves. You've got to get to know someone and you've got to nurture that relationship. Seek to understand them. Seek to be understood. Share. Share to a point that you are vulnerable. Right? There's surface sharing. They're saying, oh yeah, my favorite color is blue too. I feel like we have a connection. <laughs> That's not a connection. A connection is sometimes I'm scared to get up. So a connection is this happened to me. And I'm scared to tell you about it. And when we're vulnerable, we're making, opening ourselves up to other people and we're nurturing a deep and meaningful 
relationship. It is the same with your relationship with God. It's amazing to me how formal we are with the creator of the universe, like, like we're being called to the principal's office when we go to our knees and pray, right? Or, or we're begging for something, right? When we're in trouble, it, the, the prayers take on a whole other meaning, right? <laughs> but when we're, when we're just talking with God, it's, well, the thou of greatness and mighty, whom I'm unworthy of in any way, shape, or form, receive my prayer, please. And we, you know, God, God doesn't need all that fluff. In fact, I think that fluff is there to create distance. We love to have that distance because I'm telling you, we start letting God get closer. We start letting Jesus in. Things are going to get uncomfortable. Things are going to be challenged. You let Jesus know who you really are or, you know, you go ahead and admit to yourself who you really are while talking to Jesus. And you get to know who Jesus really is for you. That's going to be a deep and intimate relationship that's going to transform us. And that's what God desires is that deep and meaningful relationship that comes out of nurturing it like that and being vulnerable before God, being willing to let God in. Another way to get faith that works is we nurture a connection with other people who are also seeking to have a faith that works i'm trying to get a faith that works come join me in that effort and as proverbs tells us as iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another i'm constantly talking to people who tell me they don't go to church because they commune with god in other ways and they give me all kinds of great ways of doing it and i don't doubt that they experience a, a deep and meaningful connection to God. And my response is always, well, that is no replacement for community. Because we can't do it alone, amen? We need each other. I need you. Believe you me, if I were not in this church, I would not be the follower of Christ I am today. I'm far from it. I need your help. Thank God you're here. And so we were made. We were made. It's by design that we are connected to each other. We cannot do it alone. My pain is your pain. I'm sorry. Your pain is my pain. Let me help you. My joy is your joy and vice versa. And when one of us is hurting, all of us is hurting. When one part of the body is lobbed off, we're less because of it. We are made to be connected to each other. And the things we, we don't work within a vacuum. And we need each other to build a faith that works. Finally, when we seek, our faith gets, gets nurtured and grown and tested and sharpened and calloused. That is, it gets worked out really well when we seek to transform the world through that faith. Basically, that's like exercising. When we work out our faith, then it starts to get real strong, right? When we're, when we're out there going, well, I don't know if this is really going to work, Lord, but I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to try something. I'm going to reach out to this person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to volunteer for this thing that's going to, because I'm worried about homelessness. I'm going to contribute. I'm going to write a letter to someone. i got to do something. Every time we're doing that, every time we go to our knees and we exercise that faith on behalf of someone else out there for the kingdom of God, our muscles start to get stronger and we start to 
we start to really feel the power of that strength, that faith. I think I've already told a few stories about me stepping out in faith and having that faith come to fruition, come, come around full circle. There was one time, Jack was, I just found out that we were going to have a baby. First time. I'm in the middle of seminary. I, I was working as a waiter at this lame restaurant that I hated. And Robin comes home. We're going to have a baby. Oh, wow. Okay. Let me wrap my head around that. And I was freaking out. As fathers, you know what I'm talking about, right? I was freaking out. And I was early for youth group one day, and I went out, and I hadn't, I hadn't really talked to God about it. Isn't this the way we are, right? I hadn't really talked to God about it. I'm just wandering around going, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to earn some money? Maybe I should skip seminary for a year. Maybe I should go back to doing this or back to doing that, or maybe I should go back in the Air Force. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And then I thought, well, maybe I should talk to God about it. So I'm out of Alameda, I'm walking on the beach waiting to go to, because I was early for youth group, and I'm walking on the beach, and I'm going, God, I know I'm supposed to not worry about this stuff, you tell me not to worry, but I'm freaking out here. Can you, can you just help, can you just give me something that will help me know what direction to go, or what, that everything's going to be okay. I finished up my prayer, and I went to, I went to do youth group, and Pierre Vidal who worked for Fisher Incorporated, was standing there, and he, as I walked in, he looks over at me, he goes, hey, you, were, you worked on computers in the Air Force, didn't you? I need a guy that can come and work. You can Flexible hours, you can work whenever you want, 20 hours a week for a ridiculous amount of money. Come work for me. And I looked at him and I said, you, you're killing me here. I knew you were just waiting for me, weren't you? <laughs> Happens all the time. I walked out of there going, That's, look at my faith. <laughs> look at my bulging faith there. <laughs> look at that. One prayer, look at my faith. That's a faith that works, right? When you work it out, when you step out in faith, when you go to God and, and let God help you. So here's where I'm going with all this. To be honest, this, is about, this sermon is about I'm hoping that you will take more advantage of this faith community and all that it offers to help you build up. A, there, I've said it. I'm asking you to get more involved in church, really. That's really what I'm looking at. Because, because here's, the, here's the thing. All this stuff designed to foster a deeper faith, that is exactly what the church does. That's, what the, that's the point. That's the whole point of this building being here, of this community being here, of all of you giving your money so you can, you can do the ministries we do and call a pastor who can stand up here and cajole you into doing things that you don't really want to do, but you really do because it's going to help. That's what church is all about, amen? It's what we're here for. We here, and this church, this church is all about it. It does it. I mean, we here, we engage in worship that is inspiring so that we can give up more of ourselves and take on more of God. Amen. Are you inspired today? Amen. I'm inspired. I'm inspired every week when we come, even when the sermon's bad. And I, I know you, you guys are so nice to me, but I know there's a few dogs 
out there. Even when the sermon's a dog, I still get blessed by the music or the reading of the scripture and some of these other things. I'm still inspired when I walk away from this place. And some weeks are better than others, but still, I'm always, I'm always inspired. And we here, we see worship as both the entry point for people and the heart of what we do. It, it all starts with the inspiration that comes from worship. And we connect with other people. We are all about connect. We are all about, I'll tell you what, there are some churches are about liturgy, some churches are about holiness, some churches are about getting it all right. This church is about being together. Amen? This church is about community. This church is about brothers and sisters. You know, you know what? I know the Mormons call each other brothers and sisters, but Baptists did that a long time ago. We're brothers and sisters a long time ago. And that's because we have a familial relationship. We are the body of Christ. We are the family of God. You are my brothers and my sisters, and we are in this together. This is a community that loves and sh- shares and supports one another and when so we connect to each other through fellowship and when i say fellowship i know you hear like potluck or people needing people dinner that's not what i'm talking about those are vehicles for our fellowship they are ways to get fellowship to happening but fellowship is when you come and when we hold hands and we pray together because you had bad news from the doctor we fellowship is when i call you and i say can we just have coffee because i am on the end of my rope i'm about ready to have a fit fellowship is when ann burnett brings you a meal and because something's gone on and the, and they she hurries and leaves it at your doorstep rings the bell and runs right and then and then sneaks into your house in the middle of the night and does the dishes right has she done this to you who did the dishes <laughs> it was ann burnett makes you crazy you think elves are going on but it's it's ambernet i promise so uh, that's that's fellowship when we have that deep and meaningful connection when we bear each other's burdens when we are there to support each other and carry each other forward when we when we are intertwined when we are interconnected when we are interdependent that's what community that's what fellowship really is all about the early church in acts 2 they sold everything and held everything in common not because they were communist but because they were in fellowship with one another and they held the idea of community as sacrosanct it was it was the most central part of their core the church is a place where those connections happen and there are fellowship things that, I mean, there are social things that do it. Uh, our, our potlucks, our people needing people dinners. Uh, we're, we're going to start, we're gonna start doing what's called dinners for eight so that we can get to know each other a little better. You'll hear more about that later. But there's going to be opportunities, and every one of those opportunities, anything that we call fellowship, the hope is for all of us to make a deeper connection with one another and become more of a family. This, there's plenty of opportunities for that here. And just as those relationships need to be nurtured among each other, so our relationship with God must be nurtured as well. This is accomplished through being intentional about one's spiritual growth. Studying instills within <laughs> are deep truths that are about the nature of God as displayed in Christ. Faith practices such as meditative prayer or devotional reading incorporates all of those things we read in the Bible into our daily lives. 
And, you know, sometimes I think this is where, this is where I think sometimes we veer to the right or the left, right? We, we, we're all about the fellowship, and that's, that's easy to do, right? Going to dinner and having potluck and making a dessert or whatever. That's fairly easy, but some, sometimes we feel like the, the Bible study or the praying or all of that, it's just a little too, it's either too, we're intimidated by the Bible, right? Is the Bible intimidating? I think so. I think it's hard to read. It's 2,000 years old. It's hard to read, right? In a different language. It's hard to read that stuff. That's why we have a class. <laughs> That's why we study it together. That's why I went to seminary, so I can answer all those questions, right? That's why we have that opportunity here to learn more from it and make it actually much easier to access than it is just reading it on your own. And so there's all these, there's all these opportunities to grow spiritually within the community, and sometimes we find those things to be difficult. Either they're too touchy-feely, like prayer, or we're just intimidated. Or I gotta say, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't have anyone in mind in this, but sometimes what happens is we think we've known it all. We think we already know it. We think we don't need to go learn something else. Well, you're wrong. Let me tell you, you're wrong. One of the greatest gifts, one of the greatest spiritual disciplines God can give us is that we are called to be lifelong learners, right? You can't stop with the Noah story as a cute little children's story where cute animals get on a boat, right? There's more to that than cute animals getting on a boat, and it's really not even a story for kids. I I hate to tell you, kids. It's a pretty, I'm not going to get into it because the kids are here, but it's a pretty PG-13 story, right? So you got to keep learning what that's about as you grow older. You start with milk and you move on to meat, Paul says in one of his letters to someone. And (laughs) just like that, we must be continual learners, continually growing spiritually, and you'll do that until the day you die. I promise you. There's always more to learn, more practice to have, more experiences in drawing close to God and growing spiritually. All of these, all of this, all of this we do, and, and I got to tell you, we are working hard. Let me go back for a second. We are working hard to make all kinds of different opportunities for people here. There, there are Bible studies that we've been doing, like the Burnett Bible study and my Wednesday morning Bible study, but we're also going to do like short-term seminars or one-day lectures. In, in October, on the first Sunday in October, I'm going to do a little lecture about what we do with these texts that people throw out about homosexuality all the time. I'm going to, you know, because we know we love uh, folks from the LGBT community and they're welcome here, but sometimes we don't know what to do with these texts that people throw out. I'm going to help you understand those from a theological perspective, from a biblical studies perspective that honors Scripture and yet acknowledges that God is an inclusive God. So come to that thing. That's one day, and I guarantee you're, you will grow spiritually. I guarantee it. The first Sunday in October. Watch for that. It'll be in your thing. There'll be other you know small events long events different days to try out sometimes on sunday sometimes midweek sometimes in the day sometimes at night what i'm saying is there is no excuse 
you should be able to find something that matches who you are. Even, even if you read a book, we have a whole list of new recommended books out on the book table. Take a book and read it. Read a devotional. The devotionals just started in September. Go grab one of those devotionals and read it every day. You'll, you'll grow spiritually in there. We're working hard to help that happen. All of this increases our capacity for mission. Now, mission, again, like I said, it's not proselytizing. It's not going and beating on the doors and saying, you know, pray the Jesus prayer with me so you can be saved and I can check one off for me. Uh, No, mission, as we define it here at First Baptist Church, is doing good just for the sake of doing good. There's no other motivation. There's no other agenda. There's no other thing going on. We're not trying to trick people into coming to church when we do mission work. We're not trying to get their information so we can nag at them. We're not trying to, to, to make them pray or follow our way, become one of us. We're just doing good to make the world a better place. Amen? That's all it is. Make the world a better place because Jesus calls us to make the world a better place. That's what he's talking about. Every time Jesus says the kingdom of God, Jesus is talking about the world is like this and it really should be like this. Let's see what we can do to get there. And that's what our mission is, is to make the world a better place, more like the kingdom of God. And it's living out the kingdom of God that is a contrast to the world that we live in that is going to do that. First Baptist Church, our goal is to make this, make missional living a normal part of what it is to be in this church, or any church for that matter. I don't care where you are, make the world a better place. That together we are tapping into our passions and inventing new ways to transform our community, inflating the good in the world, embarking on new and God-sized projects that invite others to join us. I expect us, this is, this is my small charge to you, transform the world and fix it. Go now and do that. I know it sounds huge. I know it sounds huge. Get out, make, change the world, please. I'm begging you. God is begging you. But, uh, but God says we can do it together with faith the size of a mustard seed. We can move the mountains that are the problems in this world with that much faith. And imagine how much if all our faith together can accomplish and we are called to do it. Everything we do here at First Baptist Church, from worship to nursery, is to help us find and keep a faith that works. Everything we do kind of falls into these four areas of worship, emptying ourselves before God and being filled anew, of fellowship, deeply connecting to one another, of spiritual growth, learning and growing in, in theory and practice in our faith in God, and mission, transforming the world with Christ's help. Everything we do accomplishes these four things within our life. And there are so many opportunities to do that. In fact, and that's why we're changing the bulletin. We're trying to, we're trying, I want you to be thinking about these four areas in your own faith because a faith that works isn't all bible study 
and no mission. Isn't all fellowship and no worship? Isn't all worship and no fellowship? It's a balance of all of those things. And a well-rounded member of First Baptist Church and a well-rounded follower of Christ will pay attention to all four of those areas. And so we're, we're, our goal over this program year is to help all of us be thinking about how we are nurturing and growing and strengthening our faith by engaging in all these four areas. So, again, I'm asking, are you in? Give me an amen if you feel like you're in. Are you in? You know, this really is a trick question because you are in. You're already in. You know, all these activities that the church does, worship, mission, fellowship, spiritual growth, I know you think like that I'm presenting you a product and asking you to come purchase this product. It sounds like that, I know. You know what? It's you. This is a lay-run organization. We are a free church congregational polity church, which means that it's run, it's owned and operated by the church. I work for you. <laughs> I shouldn't tell you that, <laughs> but I do. The, the faith life we have here at this church is shaped by us together. It's your program. It's our program together. Church in the Baptist faith, it's not something I as a pastor provides. It's what we are doing together. And the character of this church is informed by all of us. And our own faith shapes it. So I'm saying, don't let this asset go to waste. This thing you have, don't let it go to waste. It's like having a Ferrari and just parking it in the garage. Take this Ferrari out for a drive. <laughs> you know, let some people see you in it. Because that's what a Ferrari's for, right? <laughs> Don't just let it sit in the garage. Use this. It is your church, and it is for you and me and us together. Let us pray. Lord God, you have called us to be in step with you. We've, we've talked about today how we can accomplish that in, in worship in fellowship, in spiritual growth, and in mission. We pray, God, that You will help us to nurture these aspects of our faith that we might indeed grow a faith that really works. And we may join others whose faith is really working. That will transform who we are, who they are, who You are in the world. Thank you. In the name of Christ. Amen.